0: Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation.
1: Welcome back, Goodwill Church family. It's great to be with you again on today's episode of Goodwill Talk. We're so glad that you are with us. My name is Marcos Ortega, and as always, I am joined by the senior pastor of Google Church, John Torres. John, how are you doing? Doing great. Good, good. So, we are recording this right before you go on vacation. Right. Yeah. Are you feeling good?
2: Are you excited? <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, I have many things to do today. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> That's right. So, we'll get a, this, we need to get one this one of done. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. No, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's going to be good. <laughs> and we are
1: also joined, of course, by Jessica Kilduff. Jess, how are you doing?
0: I'm good. I feel like Pastor John, the day is full of more things than ours.
1: Oh, sure. There's yeah. a lot of things going on. Right? When you're but trying to go stuff. on vacation, yeah. it just you have to work so hard to be able to go rest and prepare <laughs> for all the work you missed when you get back. Right. <laughs> it's just the nature of it. Um, so today, we are getting into a topic um, that I am very unfamiliar with. This is not something that even came from us. But Jess, someone asked you... To bring this question forward, yeah, so, one of the moms
0: from from our mom moms uh, Facebook group, right? Mentioned so, they were interested. in What's
1: this. the topic? What are we talking about?
0: Pastor John being a chaplain,
1: right? So you are a chaplain in the Air National
2: Guard, right? I'm an Air Force chaplain, Air so Force chaplain, uh, and the component of the Air Force that I'm involved in is the Air National Guard. So I'm part time, okay, you know, but not really. It depends on <laughs> what happens, you know. So they can they can activate me that kind of thing. That's nature being in the guard or That's the reserve. True. Part-time like, ministry job, right? Yeah. So the, the term weekend warrior really doesn't fit it mm-hmm. anymore, especially for people who have jobs like mine. Yeah, because it could be there could be a plane crash, there could be something that happens in the middle of the week. It's not a weekend warrior thing at all. So this so. is
1: this is a part of your work in our community and in the life of the church that I think a lot of us are somewhat still unfamiliar with, just because it's it's a different world than the Goodwill Church world. And Jess, why do you think this was a question that that came up? Why why is this a curiosity from folks?
0: I th- think that a pastor of a church our size with a congregation our size that like continues to do extracurricular work and just add more to a very full plate. Why? I know <laughs> it's, it's not. So I
2: started. So I started Goodwill as. So I had my commission in the military prior to being ordained. So okay. I was a second lieutenant chaplain candidate prior to being ordained in the EPC. I had passed my exams, that kind of thing. So I got commissioned in '97 and uh, got ordained and installed here at Goodwill in 98. So they took me in knowing that I was a chaplain. So I've always been both. And a couple of times along the way lately, I've talked to people in the military saying, you know, I put in my 20 and then some, and what do you think? And So it's it's the time we're at in history and in terms of what the nation needs and all the stuff that goes into making a chaplain available and keeping them in place, or her in place, you know, it's 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 a difficult thing. You know, you can't just I can't just leave and have somebody else fill in because there's a, there's a lot to it. And so I'm, I represent the denomination and goodwill, but it's uh it's been an honor. It's an honor. It can be exhausting sometimes. It can really help sometimes because it's it gives me perspective so I don't get locked into you know just uh, this narrow focus of the church because the church can do that. You know, it can just be about such small things and interpersonal pettiness, you know, and and 9-11 happens or something like that, and Mm. now I'm down at Dover, you know, processing the remains from the Pentagon for a month, you know, and that's what I'm doing, and I'm not here. Somebody else is here, so they've kind of helped with the environment of raising up leaders. Like, we we have to have real pastors here. We can't just have one pastor and a bunch of people kind of supporting that one pastor's ministry. We have to have standalone pastors, and each one should be able to handle the whole task, and that's that's always been part of it too, and I think that's added to the strength of the church. Cool. Yeah.
0: Um, so, what were the what are the qualifications for becoming a chaplain? Like you said, that you were a chaplain candidate before your right. ordination. So, like, do you have to kind of be on that path, or how? Do, how does no, that No, that,
2: that's a neat, unique program. I started in seminary, so they uh, and and that's probably not the question. How do you become a chaplain candidate? But it's related to it. So, to be a chaplain, you have to have some years in. Uh, ordination or service that's like being ordained, working in a church. You certainly have to have the endorsement of your denomination or whatever endorsing agency is sending you. So that's a that's a big set of qualifications. EBC has all these things they require, background checks, of course, and all that. But really interviews, are you appropriate? Fitness is a part of it. So you you can't be, you know, there's a certain fitness requirement that you just have to meet.
0: Because you have to do, you have to requalify every year. Absolutely, how, like normal, mm-hmm. any other person in the military. Right.
2: Right. And every medical, dental, all everything has to be in line for you to be able to serve. And if something goes out of whack, then you can slowly become disqualified. And that happens to a lot of people who don't want to leave the service, you know, but something happens to them medically or otherwise, and they're no longer qualified to serve.
1: So you're you're serving as an officer? Is that the... Yeah, local? chaplains are
2: officers, okay. so they come in usually uh, as a first lieutenant. So mm-hmm. I started as a second lieutenant because I was a chaplain candidate, so that got my commission that way. But uh, when I became a chaplain, was first lieutenant. So I was a first lieutenant on 9-11. Wow. You know, when that started, became a captain during that time. Mm. And uh, so I was really, that's a real green rank. You know, you're just starting out okay. a couple of years in. So captain sounds really... Like, I mean, we,
1: I think captain, I think like Star Trek, you're, you think captain (laughs) of a starship, like it's this big thing, but you're saying captain is kind of a green. So in the army
2: and the air force and the Marine Corps captain is a third grade officer. Oh, three. But in the Navy captain is Oh six.
1: Okay. And
2: when you talk about a captain in the Navy, you're talking about somebody who's commanding a ship, probably a large ship. Yeah. So it's really fun when you're a captain in the Army or Air Force and you throw around <laughs> the captain term and you're with Navy people and it can get confusing in a really fun way. And I guess if you're a Navy <laughs> captain, it's not so much fun. Not so fun. You don't uh, want to be confused with one a, of those kids. You're a fake. You know, yeah. Okay. But so you were um, 03 during nine eleven. 11 Shortly afterwards. Okay. And for most of the time that I spent at Dover and then came up here to Stuart, mm-hmm. uh, Bob Tilly, who's my boss now, had a big role in that because he okay. saw me. I, I'm right here by Stuart, and I was in the reserve, stationed at Dover at the mortuary, and uh, it was a tough assignment. It was. It used to be just one accident at a time. Like my first incident, mass casualty incident, was a, a plane crash mm-hmm. with 30 casualties. So that's a big deal. It involves a lot of personnel. It's a big process, um, and and that could probably be fodder for another show. You know what yeah. goes into that. What what's the the. The process by which people go through um, um, having their remains, you know, returned, and right. so who knows uh, if that'd be interesting or not. It's a subject, but it it was uh, my work. Mm-hmm. And I was part of that for many years, and they came here and became more of a full fledged all around chaplain.
1: So, so I mean, you're we're talking just a few years into your being a pastor here at Goodwill, and you were commuting to Dover. Right. how often were you doing that i mean so what was that there like was, in the rhythm in the, of the life? years
2: you know oh one oh three oh four there would be months at a time where i would live down there during the week wow. and then come up here for the weekend and uh, we didn't have kids yet it was tough on shannon mm. it was tough on goodwill uh it was uh, it was a sacrifice that we were all making yeah you know it wasn't what people thought when mm-hmm. i first came and i was gonna be a chaplain Well, oh, that's nice you know, it sounds nice. Yeah, because there was there was no war, you know. Right. Yeah. In 1998. Yeah. You know that we could see. So. Wow. But in 1999, the USS Cole, mm-hmm. and then shortly thereafter, uh, 9/11, and then war. Right. Ever since.
1: Well, and and it's interesting because that 0304, if I'm right, that coincides with the beginning of really the spike in growth that we start seeing right. at Goodwill Church. Right. And so when did you come back and, and, well, actually not come back, but start
2: serving at Stewart instead of down in, in Dover? So 0405 is when I started making that transition. And uh, it, it really was part of me being able to be here more. And mm-hmm. it, I actually do more work because I'm close by and people might come for counseling associated with the base. Okay. So they'll come here because it, it sort of um, knits into it, itself. And that's by design. Yeah. That's what they want.
0: So what are your responsibilities now that you are by the base?
2: So, uh, well, chaplain, that's a different job than pastor. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, you're, you're there for the free exercise of religion for everybody. So I recently had to do a, a religious uh, accommodation request for uh, a Sikh. Mm-hmm. So uh, a gentleman who was, uh, you know, he had given up uh, some things that are very precious to them and their religion, the wearing of the turban and the beard, and now... There, there was uh, room in the rules for the turban to return and the beard, and you've probably seen that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Indian Army is about eighty percent of the Indian Army has the turbans and the beards. They're Sikhs, and that fits along with their belief system. So I, that went through me. So I had to talk to this guy, make sure he was legit. This was really his religion, you know. I'm, I'm serving him, making sure he gets what the Constitution says is his right to get. So I love that stuff, and I love the access. Being somebody with that kind of role gives me, and the the trust level that I get, because that opens people up to the gospel. I feel Mm. like my opportunities to preach the gospel within the context of the military are um, unmatched. I mean, they're really phenomenal. It
1: seems in in that situation, then, you you have to have—I mean, in order to be able to tell that this gentleman— is an actual follower of the Sikh religion. You would need to know all the Sikh about religion. It. You sure right? do. So, so then yeah. your your understanding of world religions must have really grown
2: through this. It, it, yeah, it grows or it, it has to. So I'm responsible <laughs> to know. Yeah. You know what people are, and if I don't know, I'm I'm quick to find out. And there's all kinds of variations on a theme. I mean, yeah, it just uh, it's a, it's fascinating and amazing and uh, and and fun. I love the context. The the. Where where it's safe for everyone to believe everything, then the gospel really shines in that. Mm. You know, where where you have one religion that's oppressed in one way or another, then there's not that that openness, and so it's it it hampers the mm. full hearing, yeah, of the gospel. Yeah. Well,
1: so, I mean, with with that level of uh, pluralism that's there, it is kind of a free exchange of ideas at that yeah, point, right? Yeah, and
2: wow. it doesn't mean I can't pray in Jesus' name. So, I mean, I know what people have read. Yeah. Online, various favorite news sites they have where somebody regularly says Air Force chaplains, in particular, can't do it. And sometimes a chaplain will get in trouble, and you you, you have to sort of get in trouble. You know, yeah. I, when I first interviewed for this for the denomination, there had to be a willingness to lose your job. Like you can't have this job unless you're willing to just have it taken away because of your beliefs. So if you run into just a command structure that's just not going to be fair. They're going to be hostile. Then you're being trusted to stay faithful to your faith, you know. So I'm I'm being trusted by the EPC to represent the EPC wherever I go and be clear about that, you know. I I never need to. I I can't do a. A gay marriage, you know, that's not something that would be part of the EPC. I'm never, I could never be forced to do that. Mm. So of course, you read articles about how now all the chaplains have to do this. No, they don't. That's totally against the constitution. Totally against.
0: So it's only if if your denomination, if you could do it at your own personal church, right, then it would be fine for you. So
2: for a long time, we had a great setup because he was a friend of mine, Larry Friedman, and he was a a reformed Jewish rabbi in Mm. Newburgh, and he was just he couldn't wait to do his first gay wedding. Yeah. So whenever somebody came up, you know, and me and Bob were like, uh-oh, nope, got Larry right here. He's your chaplain right there. There you go. You know, because we want to, we wanna, you know, reach right. out. And, and we've had opportunities to, I mean, there's, there's a lot of great stories I can tell you, and some I can't because they're confidential, but mm-hmm. uh, about how we've, we've been able to witness to people who wouldn't receive that witness any other way. They wouldn't walk through the church. They wouldn't listen to anything I'd done
0: otherwise. Wow. So, so what what drew you to being a chaplain?
2: Well, I, I mean, it's calling. You know, it was we were we had a Presbyterian meeting here in uh, Montgomery for our denomination, which was much smaller back then, and there's a bunch of old guys and me, the one new guy, not even a new guy, a seminarian, and an Air Force recruiter came, mm. and so you got a bunch of. Pastors that look like pastors, you know? I remember when somebody, when I was becoming a pastor, they said, hey, you don't look like a pastor. And I said, well, thank you very much. I hope that remains true. Was that when you had the ponytail still? Yeah, yeah, I did, actually. (laughs) And uh, I met with this guy because I was the only person. that He he was coming here for the weekend, you know, to do his recruiting thing. And I was the only viable candidate. So I had this guy's full attention. He (laughs) had my full attention. And one phone call led to one form. And I didn't really think it was something I was going to do. But it just serendipitously happened, and I felt called, and, and it became a struggle, and it just became part of the story. Hmm. You know? And uh, I think it helped because the only church I ever attended was Goodwill. Yeah. So I never went to any other church. So I was here 10 years before being pastor. So I, I, knew, I knew I needed breadth and depth and experience and something different, and the Air Force provided all that and then some.
1: Yeah, yeah. When you think through your calling as a, as a chaplain... You know, do you approach this kind of as a um, you know this is community work that you do or is this kind of a mission field or you know what's your mentality it's a mentality little, bit of, it's in a little bit
2: of all that okay you know uh, a, a chaplain ha- has a social worker piece to it some people argue mm-hmm. against that but I, I see it plain as day sure. a chaplain is there for religious things and you always uh, you don't want, ever want to underestimate people's interest in the gospel they yeah. might not express it. But you, you should see some of our worship services, our prayer breakfasts, the things that we get to do, and people very much appreciate it wow. and want us there. Uh, and sometimes the reasons are mixed, and you, and you know you don't understand what they believe, but you're there for that purpose. So mm. uh, chaplains are there too, just to help people with their their life problems. I guess that's the social worker piece. You do a lot of counseling. So, yeah, people can say anything to me, and I can't say what they tell me to anyone else. Yeah. And that, that, it's it's called privileged communication, and it's a very strong law that protects people, and chaplains are held to it. And I remember the first story I was told by one of my first interviewers was a, he was a chaplain on a Navy ship, and one of the young seamen on the ship uh, was going to take a rocket launcher and shoot down the CNN helicopter, you know, because God had told him to. And so he would went to his chaplain and said, Chaplain, I just want to tell you God's given me a mission, and the mission is that, you know, so, tomorrow the next day I'm going to shoot down the CNN helicopter. Wow. And so the chaplain can't say that. So the chaplain had to go to the Navy captain, yeah picture grizzly uh-huh. impatient, all that <laughs> yeah. and say we can't we can't leave port. What are you talking about, chaplain? <laughs> you tell me right now what you're talking about. No, we can't leave. I'm telling you, we can't leave port. Chaplain, you tell me right now, right now. What's the problem? I'm sorry. I, we can't leave port. And then the chaplain worked with this young man and got him the mental health services he needed and got him off the ship. But it took oh, a man. while, and it slowed down. Wow. And he had to just bear that. And the commander had to trust the chaplain. Wow. And,
1: you know. I mean, in that situation, once, you get, once he's off the ship... And he's getting the help he needs. Is he able to go to the captain and say, "Here's what happened"? No. Or is he just totally no? Captain's never going to find out why he couldn't. leave. And
2: that story is altered, sure. So sure, uh,
1: that's that's the yeah. You know that's uh. Oh. But in a in a situation yeah. like that, then right. a chaplain, even if you have a, a kind of relatively low rank compared to the commanding officer, you're able to yeah. put
2: the brakes on something. Well, generally you don't. Generally you're just uh, one rank beneath. Oh, okay. You know if you're okay. if you're the one making sh- you know calling the shots on that yeah yeah uh, usually there's a hierarchy of chaplains okay and so there's somebody in charge and then chaplains under that so within person. the chaplaincy then if, if you had a situation come up um, you
1: would be able to go to your to the chaplain above you right and share that so that's
2: is that sa- safe under the yeah okay that's what right. we have the rank we have so yeah some people argue against us having rank but it helps it, ideally it helps everybody yeah so that we can be there to really service people and really make a difference and so a lot of chaplains do a lot more work than I do. I mean, the, the the only unique thing about my experience was all the time I spent in the mortuary, all the remains I've seen, yeah. you know, and the different points in history, the 9-11. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was um, right in the middle of that. Um, the opening of Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom, I was there for that. Saw the first remains of the first casualties. Uh,
0: so you always were just served here at, at Dover like, even if for people overseas, you've never been deployed overseas.
2: I went to Antarctica for two months. So that was that's a non-military deployment. It's hazardous, but it's uh, non-military. And that's unique because I wore my uniform one day, and then I wore this little polo shirt the other six days a week that just said National Science Foundation chaplain. Huh. You know? And so because a lot of people who were scientists and such that worked down at the bottom of the world... They're not that pro-military, and they're not that interested in some dude in a military uniform talking to them at Interesting. all. So I'd wear my uniform one day and then be everybody's chaplain, and that was a wild experience.
0: So what so. were your responsibilities when you were there?
2: So again, uh, all religious accommodation. Uh, myself and the priest that I worked with, we were the only two that were really counselors there, and the population get up to about like 1,100 people you know, in, in the height of the summer, which is our winter uh, there is like you know thirty degrees forty degrees that's, just, that's <laughs> summer, <It's an laughs> yeah. summer. <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so but I've never been deployed in a military or a combat setting and and usually that's those those assignments uh are, are assignments that people raise their hands for, and so there's people really eager to do that and they're in positions with their the life of their church where they can do that, and so the military looks at that as well, so uh if if they needed me to, of course I I would. And if they told me to, then I I would. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, now,
0: if you got called by the military to go somewhere, can the church elders like say no? We need him here right now, or like what's, or, or does that just kind of not happen? Um, it's
2: I'm I'm here. I, I'm a chaplain because the EPC puts me in place. So the EPC kinda has that final authority over they can pull that and then I'm not a chaplain anymore. Okay. So I represent the EPC within the, the military. But the EPC is likely not ever going to do that, especially in a time of national emergency. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, unless there's something wrong with me. Like they said, well, he's not fit. We're gonna pull him, you know.
0: So before um, before we started recording, you were saying something interesting about past or um, chaplains who do get deployed and that they're non- would you say you're non-com?
2: Yeah, we're non-combatants. Non-combatants. Yeah. So uh, I used to carry a little card with me. Now it's f- part of my ID card. But I used to carry a Geneva Conventions card that would that I could hold up to the enemy forces, and they wouldn't <laughs> shoot me. <That's laughs> right. And and they wouldn't take me prisoner either. I would be retained personnel. So yes, they could bring me. They could take me prisoner, so to speak, like every other prisoner. But they wouldn't treat me that way, because in the prison I'd be now personnel for them, working with uh the folks from the so you would US just become miles. their chaplain i become a chaplain for the prisoners yeah wow. and they were supposed to treat me in a certain way and of course i don't know if that's ever happened i mean
1: you don't you don't think handing them their card and be like no my i think cards. it's Sorry. here's my
2: card just yeah. yeah so uh but anyway it was that it was fun i still have that that old geneva conventions card wow. but yeah we're non-combatants so we don't carry weapons we don't uh, use weapons or train with weapons, so we're the one group in the entire military establishment that that doesn't do that.
0: So, how does that w- work for people who are on on a front lines somewhere? So they'll
2: have we have a uh, where we go as a team. So there would be a chaplain and then uh, enlisted personnel who's weapons trained, uh, religious affairs airmen, religious affairs specialists. In, in our case, we speak, they used to call chaplains assistants. Uh, they had different names. They changed the name every. Five years—it's annoying to them, but it's a—it's a—that's a a really interesting career field too for enlisted folks because they have to know all those religions. Yeah, and they have to be, and people can go to them as if they're going to a counselor, and then they have that same privileged communication right with them. Wow, because it's—it's not on you know like the, the person in need, they see somebody as part of the chaplain corps they're just going to talk to that person. So this person has to have some counseling skills and it's a really neat job. It's yeah. for for a lot of people want it. And we have some really gifted folks at the base who do it.
1: And that's that would be a job then that you would um, be selected for or yeah. is that something uh, well you, you, you apply for it's, it's open, open and, okay. and you get you
2: yeah. Cuz that yeah. seems like a pretty specialized yeah. area. And I mean, you it, have to be weapons qualified for that. right? You have to go with that chaplain and So, yeah, so and, you
1: said that the the chaplain corps is really the only Group that's not right. so even the medics are weapons trained and right it.
2: okay wow mm-hmm. interesting yeah I'm learning a they're lot not combatants like, but they they have weapons yeah yeah this and is yeah this is cool I, I didn't know any of this so <laughs> I'm just
1: yeah. I'm just enjoying listening
0: so do you have any chaplain moments like that you just look back on it and say like I'm so glad that I did this like this this made it all worth it or just that you know that stand out
2: sure well uh being a chaplain has enabled me to speak in different contexts, uh, in different towns, in different churches, uh, and that led me right to the White House in uh, 2003. So I got to uh, speak at the White House Christian Fellowship, which back in the day was the, the flagship Bible study among 25 Bible studies in, in the White House. It was during George W. Bush's presidency, and this was Condoleezza Rice's Bible study Wow, so she wasn't there the day I was there, but lots of the other cabinet members were there, and lots of military personnel and uh, Shannon and I uh, got to go there and it was that was an, very cool. Yeah, and it was, it was a neat opportunity. So I, I followed the guy who wrote the Prayer of Jabez. Oh, how come, how yeah. come his name escapes me? Uh, was his, uh, Bruce Wilkerson. Yeah, so he, he spoke the week before, and he <laughs> promoted his book, and they didn't really like that. So, they were looking forward to somebody who wouldn't have a book to promote. And I so (laughs) qualified for that. I was so not a celebrity. (laughs) But it was tough because the war was just breaking out. Yeah. And they had some serious questions for me Mm. about how are the troops doing with this? Because it was really questionable. Like, we're, you know, people trying to figure out how do I sort this out? Because we seem to be attacking a nation that hasn't attacked us. So, what are we doing with that? So, that was really interesting to have those conversations with people in the president's cabinet right the high ups who are making it right. mm-hmm. wow that's
1: incredible now that's one of the opportunities that you've you've received as a chaplain but i wonder what's one way that being a chaplain has influenced the way that you've pastored goodwill i mean we we've talked before about how during your time it, processing remains in dover that, that you know those sermon illustrations started showing right, up, right? right? I started using body parts a little right. too much in and, sermon illustrations. and But I mean, there's, there's been other ways I'm sure right. that being a chaplain has influenced your life here in, at Goodwill. So I'm wondering how that's affected and, and
2: challenged your I pastorate. Get excellent leadership training all mm-hmm. the time. I'm accountable. So I have a lot of people over me in authority, uh, clearly mm-hmm. right, right here. Yeah. So that, that's <laughs> very helpful to me because I, I, that helps me understand leadership. You, mm. You're really at your best as a leader when you understand how you are as a follower. Mm. When you have a, a, a full understanding of both identities, then you can do both well. And so that's, uh, the military has really provided that for me and uh, always uh, kept me on my toes in that regard and helped me with perspective. Mm. You know, uh, it's always been an, a, an escape me so when okay. i get i know it's maybe i shouldn't confess this but there are times <laughs> when perhaps being pastor of goodwill is not as much fun as it is no. other times really and so shannon she'll roll her eyes and sigh with the most disgusted like stop because she's so because <laughs> i'll say well you know i could just there's this job offer for full off, you know because the job offers for full time come all the time you know <laughs> to all of us who are part-time yeah you know, chaplains oh look you know, here's, here's one in Germany, you know, <laughs> there we go, stop, <laughs> you know, but you know, it, it's helpful to know that, cause when you have a job in leadership, when you have a job where you're serving people, mm-hmm. the, the compassion fatigue, the, yeah. the, the care fatigue is, is, that's a heavy weight mm-hmm. and you kind of have to know, Hey, I'm doing this for now. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm called and I serve people and I really serve at their leisure and at their pleasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather at their pleasure but uh I I you know i'm I'm leader for now I'm servant for now you know things could change and th- there's a helpful balance because mm. you don't feel trapped you don't feel entitled mm. I think when you're in one place and you can get you can get real entitled you know and so the military helps me not be that or you can feel real trapped mm. it helps me just just in my head no <laughs> well I've got this other thing to do yeah sometimes there's a whole set of problems over there and even though they're terrible they're different yeah, you know? yeah. So there's different messed up people just down 17K. There you go. That were waiting for me, you know. <laughs> but so. has that then, has that you know,
1: you talk about the way that that shaped you as a leader. Has that also shaped the way you develop other leaders
2: then? Absolutely. Because I see how it works in the military. And uh, some, some of our best leaders here are from the military. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Mike Antonucci mm-hmm. and uh, Kim Cardona Smith, mm-hmm. you know, on our, on our staff. And so they were both really high up. Uh, chief master sergeant and lieutenant colonel so uh i got to know them through that got to see their leadership through them worked with them uh in many cases they were a leader of something and i was just really serving them so yeah
1: well i mean this is this is an interesting world um because there is a huge mission field here you've got a bunch of you know young men Young women, 18, right. 19, 20, you right. know, you got some of the career folks, but you got a lot of people who are really coming into worldview formation. And so I wonder as a chaplain,
2: do you feel like you have a good role in helping shape some of that? Well, I'm, I'm part of a team that has a good role. Okay. You know, I, I, I get amazing opportunities, but some of the chaplains that I know of that I, that, you know, that have been deployed, you know, uh, in, in, mili- you know, forward deployed settings, uh, they they've had amazing opportunities and i have too mm. but the 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 vocation is about the 18 year old 19 year old 20 year old 21 year old that's the that's the lion's share yeah. of the force is these these young folks and a lot of times they're coming to christ they're they're, mm. they're learning about that i mean that's what we see at west point we see the the folks at grace adrians yeah. done a great thing with that and that's part of what's fascinating and and Part of his sense of call there, you know, as they've, they've done a lot with the folks at West Point. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's unparalleled access Mm. to people who, I mean, if you're 18 and you're signing up to serve, yeah, there's, there's something already unique and these are not giveaway jobs. It's like, well, I couldn't do anything else now. Mm. It's very different now. I mean, they're very, they're great opportunities. Usually college is paid for. It's just factored in. Yeah. I mean, there's, any, any way you enter the military uh, can turn out very well mm. for all these things. And it's very dangerous, too, of course. Sure, but of course. sometimes.
1: Well, and, and you know, on top of the mission field aspect of this, and being able to, to serve these young men and women, I, want, I, I can imagine there'd be a question that's raised in having to work with folks from other faiths and even working alongside chaplains you mentioned, um, right. working with a rabbi. Have you found yourself in situations that are uncomfortable? as you know, you're you're coming in as a pastor, as a Christian pastor. Um, do you ever feel like being a chaplain pushes you in a direction that's uncomfortable? Or would that uncomfortability even be a good thing if you do get pushed in that way?
2: Well, at this point, I'm not uncomfortable. I think many, many, many pastors would be. Mm. And I'm grateful that for the experience and grateful that I can have friends, you know, who who come at things from a very different worldview view. And there's a lot of things we share, a lot of things we learn about there's uh you know having having the relationship with the rabbi i mean he was just a a dear friend yeah and we we would talk about um things where we would just have a totally different perspective on a situation and um it was uh he he would clear things up for me he yeah. would he would provide cover for me in a situation I would mm-hmm. do the same mm-hmm. what was interesting for him he was so just recently with COVID-19, we needed one of us to go down there for 30 days. And so he's left. He's part of a Pittsburgh unit. But right before he left, he raised his hand and wow. said, I'll go down. Okay. So this was during Easter. It was during all this. And, you know, as people were uh-huh. trying to make just as, as Albany was trying to decide who to send, they were yeah. looking at our situations. And they saw my situation with Goodwill, and they saw his situation. He was between jobs. He was mm-hmm. getting another job in Pittsburgh. And so he took the assignment. Wow. So he's down there. For Good Friday, down there for Easter, I don't know if there were any other Jewish personnel yeah. down there. It was probably all mostly Christian of some sort, mm-hmm. probably mostly Catholic. That's our predominant demographic here. Yeah. Lots and lots of Catholics. Well, and, and he, le- he led the Easter service down there, right? Well, yeah, it was me doing it. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I had to work with him (laughs) and and Facebook Live into a special Easter service for them and that was really fun to work on. So he
0: like presided over it?
2: Yeah, he was there and made sure it was provided for people and, you know, did his best in that situation which was very difficult. That was a difficult mission for, I won't go into detail on the mission but it was probably the hardest mission
1: there was. Would would there be a reciprocal expectation so that if you were um, you know, if if you're serving, and it's it's a holy time in the Jewish
2: calendar, or you're entering into Ramadan, creating the space then for yeah. So I've who, had to do that yeah. and make sure that I mean I'm I can't offer anything to them. Okay. You know he yeah. and he didn't really either. He just said here's here's, here's this. chapel yeah, He Taurus. just created the space. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and 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 did his best to understand from his perspective what mm. we believe. Yeah. You know so. Uh, that's that's what IBS too, and it really just falls in line with being courteous and mm-hmm. and being interested in people and listening and starting a conversation with them from where they are, you know. Uh, so I mean, it's loving your neighbor kind of in a in a very intimate way because you're
1: talking about their religious right, beliefs. Right. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Well, John, thank you for sharing a, a little bit of that. And and as folks have questions, more questions about this or. Right. Um, or if they want to do uh, what this young woman did and say, hey, here's something I want to know from the podcast, ask at goodwillchurch.org. Email us, let us know. We're happy to answer questions on here. And, and what's cool is that brought up a whole subject that
2: oh. um, we may not have really gotten to. Right, and maybe some more. You know, people interested in other religions, people interested in how do we interface with them, how, yeah. do, we, how do we have conversations with them. So Jess is our portal for all such questions. Apparently, at this you know point. what? Actually, you can tag just me on <laughs> Facebook
0: with go your questions. straight to her on Facebook.
1: <laughs> um, you can put your personal email and phone number out on the internet if you'd like. Right no, now, thank you. no, you yeah. don't want to do that. Oh, okay, no. no, thank you. Um, so you can <laughs> tag me on Facebook. <laughs> all right, but. Um, That's, that's all for today. John, thank you again for sharing that. It's really an honor to be able to share some of that. Awesome. Well, next week, uh, we're going to have another conversation, another topic. We're excited about all the different things that we get to talk about on this podcast, but that's all for today. We will see you again next week for the next episode of Goodwill Talk.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope that this episode encouraged you to listen to more episodes or to give us that five-star rating, check us out at iTunes or Google play. You can also listen on the Goodwill Church app. And for more information about Goodwill Church, visit us at goodwillchurch.org. See you again next time here at Goodwill Talk.